I don't know about you, but every time we begin the season of Advent, I always get excited. Because every time we begin Advent, it means that Christmas is near. And there's so many things that happen in the liturgy to help us know this. The liturgy changes, the mood is different, the songs are different. And there's a great sense of anticipation as we inch closer to Christmas. But one thing I would say is that there's a, one obstacle that prevents us from growing in a greater celebration of Christmas. And you see, the tragic thing in our culture is that we celebrate Christmas so early that when we get to Christmas, it's almost already over. You know, if you go to the stores after Christmas, it's like they're trying to get ready for the next season, which is Valentine's Day. And so for us as Catholics, we celebrate these next four weeks very differently from the world. And the one word I would characterize the way we celebrate this, or two words I'd say, is we celebrate it with longing and with fulfillment. You see, when we have this longing, the fulfillment of that longing is so much greater. We have this logic in a lot of the feasts of the church. Whenever there's a feast, there's always a fast. Before Easter, there's Lent. And so before Christmas, there's Advent. And one of the greatest examples for me that, which is the greatest example of longing and fulfillment, is uh, this YouTube video called The Nintendo 64 Kid. Now, for many of us younger people, we know this video. Um, Nintendo 64 is basically the PlayStation 5 of you know, our day, or the Atari of your day, if you're of a different gaming generation. And basically, this is a video of a mom taking a video of her son who's opening up his present on Christmas. And he's been waiting for this great gift. And so he opens up the gift, and I can't do justice to it, but this is what he literally does. He opens up the present, and then he says, Nintendo 64! Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! And then he, he's like shaking, because he has so much joy. And then he just, the, t the present's on the ground, so he just starts screaming at it. Ah! Ah! And then he takes his hand, and he does this hand dance on the game for some reason. He just goes like this. And then he, then he lifts it up, and he says, Yes! 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 You gotta watch the video, right? <laughs> it has 25 million views, and I think I have a million of those views. Because when you watch it, you're like, wow, this kid is so excited for a toy. But the reason why he has so much joy is because he has longing and fulfillment. He longed for this thing. His friends all had it. He knew about it. And then when he received the fulfillment of it, he experienced this deep joy. You know, imagine if we had that same joy on Christmas. It's Jesus' birthday. Oh my gosh. You know, see, Advent is the season which prepares us for that joy. It's a season of longing, longing for the coming of Jesus. And when longing meets fulfillment, what joy awaits each and every one of us? And so the question then for us is, how do we live with this sense of longing? And I think we can live the season of Advent in three ways. We can live with longing and then fulfillment, or there's option two and three which is we can live with fulfillment, but with no longing. Or we can also live with neither fulfillment nor longing. 
And so what does it mean to live with fulfillment but with no longing? This is option two. It's in a way living with this anticipated fulfillment or according to our culture, living with this instant gratification. It's what I spoke about before, that we've celebrated Christmas so much since Halloween already that by the time Christmas comes, it doesn't have that same meaning and joy anymore. See, there's fulfillment because we've celebrated already, but there's no longing and therefore no joy. And so the purpose of Advent then is to have the season of longing. Because what, it, what you have is when you have the season of longing, it increases your desire. It stretches your heart for the gift so that you will receive the fullness of it. We know that two people can be eating the same meal but have a different experience. The one who enjoys it more is the one who desires it more, who longs for it more, who is prepared more for it. And the second way in which we can live with fulfillment but with no longing is what I call false fulfillment. Another word for that is sin. What happens is we begin looking for happiness in something other than God. And then we turn to sin. And it's like we're saying, you know, God, I don't think you can fulfill me. And I don't want to live with this ache, with this longing. So I will fulfill myself. And that's what sin is. And that's why St. Paul says to us in the second reading, make no provisions for the desires of the flesh. And the desires of the flesh means our fallen nature. And so St. Paul is saying, don't look for false fulfillments in your fallen nature. Look for the fulfillment of your desire. Long for the coming of Jesus Christ. And so that's living with fulfillment but with no longing. But we can live with the absence of longing and therefore also the absence of fulfillment. You know, sometimes what can happen is that maybe your life won't change when Advent starts. Sometimes we just get caught up in the day-to-day and then what happens is that when that day comes, then we don't experience this fulfillment. Or what can happen as well too is that we don't experience joy because we don't have any longing. We don't think that Christmas is going to be a great day. You know, some people live with no hope and no fulfillment. They, in a way, live in despair because sometimes Christmas is a very tough day for many people. But you see, the act of longing is also an act of hope because you long for something to fulfill you because you believe you can achieve it. But when you live without fulfillment and without longing, you're living without hope. And so that's, in a way, the image of the parable of the wedding banquet where people are invited to the wedding banquet. The messengers go out. But what's really interesting is that some of the people say, you know, I'm going to take care of my cows or... I'm going to go back to my farm or I'm going to take care of my daily business and go to the market. What happens is that, in a way, they've given up hope and fulfillment. And therefore, they have no longing. And so they just go about their day-to-day -day business. And therefore, they also do not have joy. And so, living with longing then means living with longing and fulfillment. It means living with desire but also living with hope. That's what it means to live with longing during this Advent. You desire the fulfillment of our desires, which is the coming of Jesus, but you live with this ache and this anticipation, but also you live with hope 
because you believe that your desires will be fulfilled. And so what the church is doing in the season of Advent then is she's preparing us for this longing. And listen to what the church says in the catechism of why she has designed Advent. When the church celebrates the liturgy of Advent each year, she makes present this ancient expectancy of the Messiah. For by sharing in the long preparation for the Savior's first coming, the faithful renew their ardent desire for his second coming. And so we prepare for Christmas, but Jesus has already come. But the reason why the church gives us Christmas again is so that we long for his coming. We enter into that expectation and the hopes and dreams and the longings of the people of Israel so that when Christmas comes, we prepare ourselves for the second coming. And so there's a lot at stake in Advent. It's not just about having a good time during Christmas. The better you prepare yourself for Christmas, the better you prepare yourself for heaven. You prepare yourself to meet our Savior by longing for him. And so I'm just going to give practical tips to enter and to live this season of longing, to live with longing, but also to live with hope. And so I'm going to warn you, they're going to be, it's going to be challenging. And so obviously, of course, these are recommendations and you can live with longing however you feel is best, but there's a philosophy and logic behind it. So the first suggestion I give is this, wait till Christmas to play Christmas music. Oh, Father, you had me at longing, but Christmas music, man. But, but think about it, right? If you play Christmas music already, when Christmas comes, there's no longing. You've already celebrated Christmas in some way, in some small way. And so if you don't play Christmas music, you're like, man, I wish I could listen to that song, but I'm going to wait till Christmas to play it. Then when you play it on Christmas Day, then you can enter into that joy. Another thing that you can do is you can progressively set up your Christmas tree. Right? Some people have already set up their Christmas tree, right? But and I'm not judging anybody, but what you're doing is you're entering into that longing, that ache, the joy of Christmas by slowly entering into it. So, you know, for the first week of Advent, just set up your tree. For the second week of Advent, you start to put on the garland, and then the third week, you can put on the ornaments. And the fourth week, you can put baby Jesus in, and you can have the star. And that's how you can enter into that longing and that building up of it. And so, because many people don't realize that the 12 days of Christmas are after Christmas and not before. And people don't realize that the season of Christmas begins during Christmas and that after Christmas, the joy of Christmas is so overwhelming that we have seven days of solemnity, of great celebration after Christmas. And that's the time for us to enter deeply into that joy. The, the, the second thing I would recommend is that to, to help realign our longing is to go to confession. Confession is the place where we say, Lord, my longing and desire for fulfillment is, is off. And by going to confession, I want to realign my longing for you. So confession is so important in that way. And then the other thing that we can do as well too is we can have what's known as a Jesse tree. It's a beautiful thing to celebrate, especially with children. And the Jesse tree comes back to Jesse, who is the father of David. And what it does is that it enters into the ancient prophecies for Moses. 
uh, and for David and through the prophets who are longing for the Savior. And so if we celebrate the Jesse tree, we begin to celebrate those ancient expectations and hopes and enter into the longing of the Jewish people so that when Christmas Day comes, we enter into that true fulfillment of that desire. So that's why Jesus today invites us to keep awake. He wants us to awaken our desire, this longing for the coming of Jesus. And that's why confession is so important with this too, because repentance means the changing of your mind. In Greek, it means metanoia. And meta means to change, and noia means to change your mind. And so when we have repentance, we're changing our mind about our longing and what we are longing for. And so my brothers and sisters, I invite you as we begin this season of Advent to enter into the longing of Advent. Not only will you experience greater joy on the day of Christmas, but you will prepare yourself and your family for the great joys of heaven. See, the Christian life is one of a continuous Advent. Our Christian life is where we continuously long for Jesus so that this longing stretches our heart and our desire for heaven. And when we receive the fulfillment of our desires, we will experience an inexplicable joy because longing has met its fulfillment.